Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is James from Dividend Stock Talk, brought to you by the 10-Minute Trader, where I invest in dividend stocks for weekly cash flow. It is July 3rd. It is the official beginning of the third quarter. It's going to be a little weird because we're going to trade today. Market's going to be closed tomorrow. Then we're going to jump back in again on Wednesday. Okay, fine. Is what it is. Holidays come when they come. We have to deal with it. All right. That being said, a quick little wrap-up from last week, if you weren't paying attention. Last week ended the halfway mark of the year. Now, I have some interesting numbers. They're kind of like all over the place. Uh, the first one is I'm in a negative 2.46. Okay, I got a good excuse for that one, but it is what it is. Uh, one day I wasn't paying attention, and I got bit in the butt with a call option, I should say a bunch of call options on Bank of America, ended up losing a big chunk. If it wasn't for that chunk, I would have been up 29.8. Okay, it is what it is. Second account is, I think, 12.56. Now that is just Ford. Got an account with a couple thousand bucks in it. All I'm doing is buying a couple hundred shares of Ford. Selling off the option to buy it back from me. That's it. Just covered calls on Ford. It's only at twelve fifty six. Okay, great. But it is what it is. Account number three, we're up 27.9. Okay, that makes me a happy camper. And account number four, I can't really go by um, up for the year. Because I draw money off of that account on a weekly basis. But I did make 10% last week for the week and it was kind of nuts I also got flagged for being a day trader <laughs> that was interesting because I don't usually do day trades I usually do uh, covered calls and then every once in a while I'll do a dividend capturing but other than that it's usually just um, you know covered calls on dividend stocks all right Let's just get in, see what we're looking at, and then we're going to go from there. All right. Now, I got my 3,300 shares of Bank of America. We've already sold out the um, the option for someone to buy them from me at 29.5. I had to buy back the 28 option last week. That's what brought me into a negative last week because I was looking at um, the numbers on Monday. Now, the numbers on Monday gave me the impression, okay, this is where, you know, the numbers aren't always correct that you see on the platform. The last trade, let me know what, I'm going to bring it up so we can actually be on the same page as we look at it. I'm bringing up the, the chart for Bank of America. Now, Bank of America was traveling at 29 to 29.60 for about a week. Then it dropped down and closed on Friday at 27.74. All right, so you see where the last trading of the day on Friday was 27.74. So first thing Monday morning, I look at it, the last trade being 27.74, the bid was below 2774 
and the ask was below 27.74. So usually when the market maker has the bid and the ask below the last trade, he has a tendency to be pushing the stock down. Did that happen? No, it did not. This is one of those instances where I should have waited until the market to open to see what it opened at and then proceed from there. But I didn't. I took a look at what I saw in front of me and I said, the 28s, if the market maker is going to be pushing it down, we got one, two, three, four, five down days in a row. And then uh, it looks like Friday was a doji where it closes almost the same as it opened. You know, it it opened at twenty seven seventy four and it closed at twenty seven eighty nine. What what is that? Um, Fifteen cent difference. But it was pretty close. You know. So it was my own fault for making that assumption. Okay, it is what it is. Um, Monday was fine. Tuesday was fine. We, even Wednesday. Wednesday. The the um. The stock closed at 28.07. So, all right, oh, okay, fine. So the market maker is just going to go sideways with this. But no. On Thursday, the market maker gapped up. And Friday, it gapped up yet again. Okay, is what it is. I took my loss, licked my wounds, and said, all righty. Um, now, I'm hoping that... With the upcoming events, which I'm going to be commercializing this after uh, whew, 10 or 15 years of doing it, um, freelance, hobbyish, uh, on the side, I actually got the opportunity to commercialize it, you know, to get something together to start teaching people how to do this and actually take people under my wing and, and walk them through it. So you never know. I'll be able to concentrate more on this. And not have to punch a time clock where I actually have to go to work and actually have to be somewhere. So I will be available at the opening of the day. Anyway, I digress. So let's jump in, see where we are, see where we're going, and see what's happening. Now, I told you my my story of woe for last week. It's my own damn fault. Second time I got bit in the butt by Bank of America this year. Okay, is what it is. Lick my wounds, move on. All right, that being said... We got um, 3,300 shares of Bank of America at 30, uh, 30.17. Now, I sold someone the right to buy it from me at 29.5. Okay, very close to where I got in at it. However, I still have a ways to go to make up for the loss that I had. Um, granted, my account is only down 24 on this account, which easily be made up within two weeks, but that's not the point. The point is, I lost, you know, uh, twenty nine points, twenty nine percent, because of my own stupidity. Okay, can't blame anyone like but myself. It would be nice once I commercialize this. I'll have somebody right behind me to double check my numbers to make sure that I'm not making that same error again. So now it's just me, so I have no one else to blame. But um, hopefully when we bring in a second person to um, double verify all my trades, once I start getting in and opening up a public fund where I'm managing millions of dollars, 
and are managing other people's money, it was going to be a wise idea to bring in a second pair of eyes to look over my shoulder and say, James, you know, that's right, that's right, that's right. Wait a second, this one, can we double check this? That is going to be uh, invaluable. Okay, so I don't make the same mistake again. And I, I do make mistakes because, you know, hey, I'm only human. But two eyes, two sets of eyes are better than just one set. And then having everybody on the same page saying, all right, this is what it looks like. And then if we have a unanimous decision, we're going to do it. That being said, that's what I'm looking at. Bank of America, 29 and a half. It is far enough out of the money that I'm bringing in. I'm bringing in money for the week. Granted, it's it's a small amount. But it is what it is. All right. Next one on the list is KMB. Now, Kimberly Clark is going to be paying their dividend this week. Okay, so I bought Kimberly Clark. Let's open up this. Uh, 522. Ooh, quite a while. That, that right? That can't be right. Boy, I've had Kimberly Clark for a while. Okay, so I've already collected dividends on Kimberly Clark. I thought I've only had it for two or three weeks, but no, I've had it for over a month. All right, so I'm into Kimberly Clark at 143.08. It's sitting at 138. So let's check and see what the options for KMB look like for this week. Now, at the money... 138 they actually suck because they're only 75 cents okay so can't do that one looks like I'm going to go for the 140s yeah because the 139 in my humble opinion is just a little too close for my comfort we're at 138 we're what 90 94 cents off of a off of being called out and I, I kind of learned my lesson the last time so I'm going to do the 140s whoops and let's see if we can get 12 cents a share for those and uh, let's see how that works it's not a huge amount of money it is what it is so we're going to sell 4 KMB 100s those are the weeklies 7 July 23, which is this Friday coming up, the 140 call limit order to open. Okay. There we go. So that one's off the races. That's all the positions I have. Now, let's check out who's on our list for today. Now, today, we're going to look at the Dividend Kings first. Always looking at the Dividend Kings first and foremost. We're into the actual first week of July. So we're going to be going and looking two weeks out, which is the week of the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st. We got Lowe's, Colgate, Palmolive, and Procter & Gamble, all three of them. Powerhouse companies. Here we go, taking a look at Lowe's. Now, I'm going to bypass on Lowe's right away. I'm looking at the one-year chart. A year ago today, we're at the 177 area. And right now, which is the low of the year, a year ago today, it was at the low of the year. And as of <clears throat> Friday, 
it's the one-year high. It is the high of the year. Could it go higher? Yes. Has it been there before? Not in the last 52 weeks, so I'm going to pass on lows because I don't buy at the high of the market because that is perfectly, in my humble opinion, perfectly 100% set up for profit-taking. Beautiful escalation for the last 30 days. Let's go back just a smidge further. Okay. 30 days ago today, Lowe's was sitting at 197. 197. And it's at 225.70. That is a $25 increase in the last 30 days. That's a little over a 10% increase. So no, I'm not going to jump into the Lowe's. Now Lowe's is usually always, always, always my very first trade of the quarter. So I'm looking at it. It's a great company. Don't get me wrong. Let me quickly take a look at what the uh, covered call is going for. At 225, right now, 245. It's just a smidge. It's, it's right at 1%. I could buy it now, sell someone the right to buy it for me for the exact same price I paid for it and still make my 1%. But it's at the year high. And can it go higher? Yes, it can. Will it? I don't know. But it could. All right. So Colgate Palmolive, second on the list for the quarter, always. A year ago today, now this chart looks a hell of a lot better. A year ago today, we're at 81. Didn't take long to find its high at 83.77. That was back in mid-August of last year. Then by the beginning of November, we're at the low of the year. Now, this thing has been going sideways between 72 and 79 for the whole year, basically staying within that that trading range. Now, we had a... Let's go to 30 days. Here we go. 30 day, we have one, two, three... Four, four supports at 74.60. One, two, three, four times it hit it. That looks like some pretty damn good support at the 70, 74.60 area. Now, we hit it once 30 days ago. We hit it three weeks ago. We even hit it again last week. Now, we have a 30-day high at 78.53. We're at 77.04. It looks Perfect for I wouldn't say perfect, but look, but looks really good for a continuation on the on the way up. Okay, our seasonality for Colgate Palmolive is in a beautiful uptrend. Not perfect uptrend, but a nice uptrend. All right, so back to the standard, and here we are at seventy seven. We did our seasonality that looked good too. Let's go jump into the trade grid. For Colgate Palmolo, CL, here we go. And fuck, it's a monthly option. However, we could do the um, the dividend capture play on it. Basically, what is the dividend capture play for Colgate Palmolo? Now, the dividend capture play for Colgate Palmolo at this moment in time would be to buy it at the open at the market. As soon as it opens... You fill in, I mean, you add in 47 cent 
dividend that's coming up to whatever price you paid for it. And that is your new exit target. Just for the fun of it, it would be nice to see where it ends up. And you know what? I think <clears throat> in my trading account, the one that I do lots of trades, I think I'll do some Colgate Palm Olive. Some CL. All right, so I'm going to buy some CL. And I can't do a day trade with it because they, they banned my account from day trading. So I'm going to buy it today at the opening of the opening of the day. And then I will put a sell price on it first thing tomorrow morning at whatever I get it for plus the 47 cents. Okay, that's that. Next on the list is Procter & Gamble. Ooh, they got a 91 cent dividend. PG into the one-year chart. Okay, this one doesn't look that bad at all. Again, another sideways company between 136 and 150. Okay, that's that's the trading range on the sideways with uh, Procter & Gamble. A year ago today, we're at 145.09. Uh, didn't take long to find its low at the beginning of November at 122.45. And high was found just after, I'm going to say a big up gap. Okay, so on 420, we're at 150.79. 421, we're at 155.74. Big up, up gap. Now, I remember looking at this during that time frame, and I said that more than likely, it's going to fill that gap. She went sideways for what looks like a month, and then, then she dropped all the way down to, what is that, to 141.90. And it hit 141.90, and the volume quadrupled. I'm assuming Procter & Gamble hitting 141.90. It's like, oh, shit, let's jump in on this. So apparently volume quadrupled, and that was the end of May. Okay, now since the end of May... We have a low at the 41.90, the 141.90, an absolutely gorgeous escalation to the high of the 30-day period, which was Friday at 152.07. Now, could it continue going up? Uh, yeah, it could, but it's, it's kind of ripe for profit-taking. But if you look at the chart, you know, the one-year chart, this thing could continue going up to 157 because that's where it was last time. And uh, you're looking at uh, like a camel, two humps. The first hump has a triple high at 154. The second hump is a triple high at 157. We're sitting at 151.74. Still have plenty of room for the up movement, even though it is at a 30-day high. So that's a little iffy. Let's take a look at seasonality for Procter & Gamble. Get an idea what normally goes. Oh, my God, that looks gorgeous. Between now and the end of the... Well, between now and mid-August, beautiful escalation. Gonna go After that, it's going to go sideways for a little bit, and then it's going to continue on up. All right, like from now. Like, like right now till mid-August, nice escalation. Go sideways for about two months, then escalates all the way up till the end of the year. Okay, so you get in now, then you get it in the fourth quarter. The beginning of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. Gotta love Procter & Gamble. All right, so let's take a look 
at the numbers. Okay, into the trade grid we go with Proctor and Gamble. I always, I thought Colgate Palmolive was a weekly, but apparently it's not. All right, we're going to do uh, a couple more, even though we are past 20 minutes because we're not going to be here on Tuesday. So let's just keep on going. At the market at this moment in time, 151.74. You got the bid of 151.34, which is down, 151.74, which is the ask. Okay. 150 is the closest we got. And it's only going for two bucks, which means you have 26 cents that you can make by selling the 150s. Buying it and selling the 150s, you can make 20 cents. Hell no. I would prefer to go with the 152.50 because that way you can at least get 51 cents and you still have room for the up, for the, uh, what do you call it? The upside. And can it hit 152.50? Sure can. It's proven it in the past. All right. But I'm not as strong on that one as I am for Colgate Palmolive. It is what it is. All right. So that's the Dividend Kings. Let's take it Warren Buffett's list. Oh, Warren, what do you have? Procter & Gamble and Bank Mellon. So let's take a look at Bank Mellon. BK. All right. So Bank Mellon... I had a bunch of this. I don't know if it was beginning of the year or was it last year. At 41.55, that's where she was. This is kind of going sideways, too, between, you know, 40 and 44. And there was a couple of breakouts and a couple of drops. One drop was to the low, and that was, what is it, 130, sorry, 36.22. That was back in October. Okay, the low of the year, October. The high of the year is a double high back in the beginning of February. Hits it twice at the beginning of February at the, uh, was it, 52.18, 52.19, somewhere in that area. Okay, from there, you get your drop. Keeps on dropping. And we got our new support down here. What is that? The 39.70 area. Sideways for a little bit. In the last 30 days, last 30 days, we got a low of 40 which is 30 days ago, a high at 45.12, which was two weeks ago. Now we're sitting at 44.52. It does have room for more escalation and equal to uh, the the uh, the dividend. The dividend is only 37 cents, which you do have room for that between the high two weeks ago and where we are now. So yeah, it's still available. Seasonality, where does this thing normally go? All right. Normally, she going to go sideways for a little bit and then shoot up towards the end of July. Okay, so that works for me. I don't mind Bank Mellon. Hey, if it's good enough for Warren Buffett, it's good enough for me. Last but not least, we're going to look at the list of dividend achievers. Those are companies that have increased their payments to the shareholders for a minimum of 25 years. We're not going to get into the 100-year-old companies because there's way too many of them and we're running out of time. FSP. FSP. You've got to be kidding me. Franklin Street Properties. Okay. FSP was at $4.18 a year ago. 
dropped down to a trading range between 270 and 316 and traded that for like six months, then drops to a low of the year at 113. How the hell can this thing be paying FSP? And it's a monthly. Okay, so I um, don't even know how that got into my my list. CMRE. CMRE. Okay. Into the trade grid with CMRE just to make sure that it's weeklies. No, it doesn't. DX. That doesn't even sound familiar either. Monthlies again. Last but not least, OPI, a 55 cent dividend. OPI, another monthly. All right, so, heck with those guys. Let's go into the 100-year-old stocks. These companies are about 100 years old and still paying out dividends. We got Caterpillar, Lowe's, and Procter & Gamble. We already looked at Lowe's and Procter & Gamble, so Caterpillar is up next. Now, I had Caterpillar at the beginning of the year. I do have a loss on Caterpillar, but it is what it is, you know? That being said, let's take a quick peek at this. Uh, Caterpillar, a year ago, was at 171, found its low at 161 back in the end of September. And its high for the year was at 262. That was the end of January from there. Take a look at the last 30 days. The last 30 days, we had a low of 207. Uh, sorry, 206.04. And a high at 250.89. We're sitting at 246 at this moment in time. Where does this thing normally go this time of year? Seasonally speaking... Sideways. It's like the horizon, almost perfectly sideways. Okay, so that's that. Let's take a look at CAT, C-A-T, because we're not going to be here tomorrow. Okay, the last trade was 146. We got a bid of 145.80 and an ask of 146.40. Right where they belong. The 140, sorry, the 245s going for 305. Five. So your effective sale price would be two forty eight oh five, which is a two dollar, which is a little under two percent. Okay, I can't really go behind. You know, oh, sorry, one percent. Okay, strike price at two forty five. If the current price is two forty six, okay, you add the bid, which is what you can sell the option for. 305. I'm sure it's going to change once the market opens, but you add the 305 to the strike price of 245, and you come up with an effective sales price of 248.05. Okay, so by Friday, if it stays above 245, you're going to get 248.05, which means you get a little bit of a profit. How much of a profit? It looks like $2. So $2 is what percentage of 245? It's less than 1%. All that being said, I'm done. I'm way over my time for today. You guys have a great day, and I'll catch you again tomorrow just for the fun of it.
Well, that wraps up another session. I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to follow along with some of these live session trades, let us know. If you have any questions, we can get back to you. And have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.